0: and and their trials and tribulations as they get their first record going
1: that's uh the
0: Backstreet Boys oh (laughs) I'm sorry i I'm not prepared for this episode because that's the show I watched (laughs) no it's a uh, it's a series came out uh, last year uh yeah it came out in the summer I think August yeah um On Amazon Prime. It is freely available if you have Prime. Uh, Concerning a... uh, Darker, a little more... Not necessarily dark. uh, Cynical. But a cynical take on... On superheroes. And in particular, some real major uh, knocks... At the main DC characters. Yeah, pretty much... Takes a mickey out on all of them. Now... Answer this before we get into the background. I'm gonna have you talk a little bit about the comic that the boys is based on. But sure. why is it that anytime there's like a dark or cynical take on superheroes, it's always the fucking Justice League?
1: Uh, because the Justice League is the premier superhero team in any fucking universe, so why would you want to go and uh, make fun of the second stringers? When you can go and take on the the real deal.
0: Well, why wouldn't you make fun of like the Fantastic Four or the X Men or ki- something?
1: Because who cares? Because.
0: <laughs> That's right. Why why knock what? on Wolverine when you can knock on Superman?
1: There's plenty of of knocking on on other superhero uh, groups, individuals out there. Yeah. Um, Some of the influence, actually, from the boys, um, has done just that. Uh, but, you know, the Justice League is just iconic. Mm. Well, I think... That's that's all there is. Right now, we have a fad where people like the Avengers, but... Before the movies came out, did anybody give a shit about the Avengers?
0: No. No. Now, of course, you know, the update, um... To the boys, you know, where they're talking about the corporate management and stuff like that. A lot of that could be seen as kind of a, a dig on on Disney and and Marvel Studios to and some respect.
1: It could be, but when when did that go down? When did that happen?
0: Um Well, I mean I mean in the series, not in the comics. Okay. Because they, um, they mentioned, like, the Voight cinematic universe and the fact well, that they I think changed that's things actually, from...
1: That was just timely. Um, in, the, in the comic book, The Boys, um, the propaganda machine is comic books. Right. So I think that's just updating it, um, you know, just to make it more relatable. Plus, it's a, it's a uh, video uh, medium. It's a television show. Right. And right now... Uh, superheroes are more popular in in on screen than they are in comics, so it, it just makes sense like to do it that way. All right, I don't that's know fair. If it's necessarily a dig on Marvel, but it could or, be or the Disney. Whole... I think if you like do that, you run the risk of uh of getting executed by <laughs> by a mouse by a mouse. <laughs>
0: You said some very nice things.
1: There's a great Gene Wolfe story about
0: that. All right. So uh, yeah, Steve, why don't you give us a little bit of the backstory of the the boys comic since you read them and I haven't.
1: Okay. Well, the boys comic is basically um, very similar to what's going on here, except it's a comic book.
0: <laughs> it's written by.
1: It's written by Garth Ennis, um, one of the, arguably one of the best comic book writers from that 90s British invasion. Um, His work is very over-the-top violent. like uh, To the point where it's almost comical. Um, And he uses that to varying degrees of success in his books um, to make, make points about stuff. And he cut his teeth on Judge Dredd
0: and uh went, went from there. <laughs> right. Judge Dredd, of course, being like the epitome of comic book hyperviolence.
1: Right. Uh, but, I mean, he, he also wrote The Preacher, which has... Um, uh, it's, it's kind of got that same sense of humor of over-the-top um, sexuality and hypersexuality and ultraviolence used um, to in, in just ridiculous ways. And the comic, um, if you thought if you thought this TV show was a bloody mess, <laughs> wait till you read the comic <laughs> because it's crazy. He has absolutely—I um, won't say no respect because he, he, you know, he doesn't bite the hand that feeds him. But there is a reason why this was released. Um, I think it was Dynamite mm. uh, who released it. Why this is a Dynamite and not a Vertigo comic, right? Um, He he definitely uses the violence and the sexuality to point out um, just what he believes is ridiculous about uh, American superhero comics.
0: All right. So, The Boys is the story of a man named Billy Butcher. Speaking Um, of Judge Dredd. Right who, uh, that's right, he's played by Carl Urban who also played Judge Dredd so there's further connections there Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon as, as it will Right um, He plays a rogue CIA operative uh, who is struggling bent yeah, on hell-bent. getting revenge
1: for uh, a wrong that a superhero had done him
0: Right, right and the show itself opens up with our main protagonist. Now we Billy Butcher is is pretty much he. Carl Urban dominates the screen whenever he comes into the room. Or but he's the like set. The, he is the Gandalf. Yeah, he's he's the to,
1: Gandalf. To Huey's Frodo.
0: Right. Our point of view character is is Huey. Um, and they say his last name, but they don't say it enough that I remember. But in The
1: comics, is just known as Wee Huey. Wee Huey.
0: So, Huey is uh, with his girlfriend. Uh, they're having a, a bit of a, you know, not a major argument, but just like this kind of, you know, those little, those little, like, disagreements that you get into when you're in a relationship. Like, right? uh, it's, it's about Billy fucking Joel. And yes,
1: it, it's one of those things that you know, the next day, you forget all about it. But you certainly don't want it to be the last thing you ever did with your significant other. Right.
0: Which, in this case, that don't you dare besmirch Billy Joel was the last thing that Huey said to his his girlfriend before the speedster known as A-Train runs straight through her. And disintegrates her in in slow it's almost motion. Like, right. It's slow motion. It's all it's like evil dead levels of gore in the series. Yeah, it's great because you you just get the shot of
1: Huey looking just fl- flabbergasted as he's realizing what's happening. This is all in slow motion. And the camera pans back out into the street and you see he's holding her, her what's rem- her <laughs> Remains of her arms in his hands because they were holding hands at the time. Right. It's, it's a really great juxtaposition of just over the top bloody violence and comedy. Mm. Yep. And it kind of leaves you as if you were going, What the fuck? Because you don't want to laugh because it's horrible, but it's so funny.
0: Now, Huey. Is very distraught over this, and of course, since all the the main superheroes of this world are are employees of this corporate entity known as Voit, Vot, Vot, whatever. They're they're just, Vought, It's Swedish for shit. Because this company is they are the 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 generic evil corporation. There's just you know. We we uh, we want to uh, make sure that all of our heroes maintain this squeaky clean image, even if that means paying off Huey because his girlfriend got squashed by a train.
1: Right. Uh, you know, like mega corporations do. Mm-hmm. Not unheard of. And it's, it's 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 believable. So the the whole situation is that. Um you like you said, you have these superheroes and they are all, all employees of this corporation, but they're useless. I mean, don't get me wrong, they have powers and they can do incredible things. You have basically the Justice League. The seven.
0: The seven but
1: there's nothing for them to do. Because this company basically has the lockdown on superheroes. There's no villains,
0: right? And so crime fighting is just like, oh, here's your assignment today. Uh, yeah, there's a bank robbery, um, and and it's the corporation that decides who gets the who gets the PR, who gets the points this week uh, for stopping whatever crime. Right, uh, and they're really not allowed to go outside. They only function within New York City.
1: Oh well, they they they. Farm out heroes to different cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's that whole thing where the Vice President um, Elizabeth Shue right. is talking to the Mayor of Baltimore,
0: <laughs> right, about getting a, a superhero. <laughs> about
1: you know renting them uh, renting the city a superhero. You know, and they make it a big point about demographics. We want to have a you know a, a black guy in there and blah blah blah. And it's it's all like very well researched and and it's a package. They're selling them this package, and you know it, you, you come to find out that that's that's how they make their money that and and movies, these propaganda movies that they
0: have right and so this, and, and it expands into like things like autobiographies, their social media platforms are carefully curated and cultivated. Everything about these superheroes are uh, is managed. yeah it, it it's it's Maxwell Lord.
1: <laughs> yeah um, th- This idea isn't new I mean this is a, a A lot of the ideas I think That come in this movie Or this the series um, Come from Not only the boys as a source But I think also um, Martial law I think right. they mined martial law Really heavily Another British comic mm-hmm. um, To t- to fine tune some of the, the rougher
0: edges. Right. And then you have some, uh, you, that, you have the, uh, the beginning of civil war with the young warriors being like this super team. It's basically a reality show.
1: Well, they have that
0: in a, uh, in the comics. They have,
1: it's almost like a farm system. Mm-hmm. And they have like these regional uh, teams. Um, they actually have an, an X-Men team in the comics. It's this whole story arc. It's hilarious. Um, But, yeah, but but basically the the goal is to get out of the minor leagues and become part of the Seven. Right. And
0: the Seven is... The Parthenon.
1: Right. Yeah, the gods. The big time. That's Mm -hmm. where the real money is made.
0: Yeah. And so, Huey... Uh, after going through this ordeal with 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 um, and and the death of his girlfriend, is approached by Billy the Butcher.
1: Yeah, I mean they wanted him to sign a uh, non a non disclosure agreement mm-hmm. um, and to keep his mouth shut. He's offered what is it forty five thousand dollars? It's not yeah. a, a lot of money. I mean, considering it.
0: yeah, it's a lot of money for him. <laughs> But, yeah, it's not, comparatively speaking, it's not a lot of money, but it's hush money. It's sign the NDA, take the check, and, you know, never speak of this ever again, or we'll sue you. Right. And so, enter Billy Butcher, who sees Huey as an opportunity to uh, reform his little clandestine CIA-backed oper- operation to take down Vought and the Seven, particularly Homelander. Yes. Uh, who is the Superman XP of the show. Right. Uh, he's actually he's kind of a cross between Superman and Captain America. I was going to say Captain Nazi, but yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's all the same from a certain point of view. That's true. And so when Huey like starts hanging out with him, they, they eventually, uh, he's talking to Butcher and, and Huey's like really, you know, thinking hard about not doing it. And Butcher says, do me a favor. You've got to go meet with, with Vaught over this settlement. I want you to pretend to take the settlement and I want you to plan a bug At at Vought Industries. Or whatever the name of the company is. And Huey reluctantly agrees. And the bug is found out. And the invisible member of the Seven, uh... What is his name?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Because he...
0: He is the catalyst for damn near the whole story. Yes. Uh... And they mention his goddamn
1: yeah his name is mentioned a lot
0: <laughs> the only actually it's not mentioned quite as much as the names homelander and starlight
1: right well those are the uh the big ones here we go um, hold on hey train the deep. Oh, this is the the damn comic book. Never mind.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Translucent. Translucent. There we go. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, Translucent discovers the bug and uh, starts investigating. He starts following Huey around.
1: Translucent's a bit of a perk. He
0: yeah. discovers
1: the bug because he hangs out in the bathroom, hoping to get a glimpse of the female members,
0: right, with the pant with their panties off, right. And he <laughs> does that a lot. And he lurks around all but over. He, he does it to
1: the point where where the characters will go in the bathroom and say, "Translucent, get the fuck out of here!"
0: Right. It's it's that kind it's of. Like, Standard operating procedure. Right. These the seven have been together for a long time. Uh, each member, you know, is well known to the rest of their their quirks, their proclivities, and and their own perversions.
1: I guess it should be stated that they're all sociopaths. Yes, with the exception extent. with the exception of the newest member. Starlight. Starlight, who is our kind of our second point of view character.
0: Right, right. We get Starlight. She is a Midwestern uh, Bush League superhero who like, basically wins a lottery and, and becomes the newest member of the Seven to replace uh, Lamplighter, Lamplighter, who we find was killed by Butcher and his boys. Yeah. And... That is the name of Butcher's little squad, mainly just because he calls them my boys. Because he's British. Because he's British. So, Translucent goes to Huey's place of employment. He's lurking around trying to figure things out. starts taunting him, um, which leads to Butcher getting involved in the altercation and... (laughs) In typical Billy the Butcher fashion, escalating it a hundred and fifty times.
1: I will say, the the old uh, throw throw something on the invisible guy to see where they are at, right? Trick is used brilliantly in this scene because Translucent starts kicking Butcher's ass, right? And Butcher like g- gobs up just a, a Ball of bloody mucus and spits it out. <laughs> right, and that's how he can
0: tell where he is. Now, Billy the Butcher is is, is probably—I mean—he is kind of like you say the Gandalf of the whole thing, um, but he also has a lot of that paranoid Batman uh, shtick going on. Uh, he is definitely. These are the most powerful beings on the planet. Billy is not afraid of any of them.
1: Well, he's been around the block. He yeah. he he knows. He knows what they're capable of, both in terms of um, their powers and what they can do to you, and just also what they're capable of as human beings, mm-hmm. and just you know wh- what their like you said their perversions are. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and And you know he is your cynic, he is the one who has just been seen enough, fed up, and just wants it done he, the only good cape is a good cape,
0: right kind of guy a dead cape a good only good cape yeah. and a dead cape yeah, and yeah he's he's that kind of ruthless um and there becomes a point where where because butcher. Is so ruthless at his own game, and the, the all the heroes are sociopaths. You really start thinking for a minute: who the hell are the bad guys supposed to be in this series? Um, because really, you, know, you can't you can't lay any fault on on Butcher for being the way he is. I mean, this you know horrible something horrible happened to him, and you know. You have all these other people, and they—they are very human. They have their own flaws, and you know there are a couple of moments where you do feel sympathy for some of the other heroes. Um, You know, but even though they are
1: pricks. Well, you do for a while until they like turn around and go and act like
0: themselves, right? And then then <laughs> it turns around again. And, and it's like, yeah. oh, well, that's why you know. And it kind of jumps back and forth, especially as the series progresses. You start seeing these heroes, uh, in in more private and personal contexts, and seeing how damaged they are as people. Um, I mean, Homelander is is presented as this raging narcissistic sociopath. But then you realize that, you know, he was late raised as a lab rat in a right. you know, fucking cage, and it's like, okay, there's no wonder you're like this, you know, and then you're like, oh. and then he fucking laser eyes somebody for, because they looked at him cross-eyed or something.
1: Right, <laughs> well, um, Queen Maeve, the Wonder Woman SB, says it best, is you come in, all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and r- raring to go, and um, you end up selling your soul to the company one perk at a time.
0: Yep, yep. So yeah, there there might have been uh, a time when all of these superheroes were idealistic and kind of the the uh, ideal that we think of when we think of characters like Superman and Wonder Woman and and whatnot. And but it's just the reality of corporate media and the shenanigans of that kind of life and being managed to the point where you act out is just like it's just there and it's all weighing on them. Queen Maeve especially presents the, the notion of, and she's probably the only other sim- somewhat sympathetic character in that uh, you know she's just worn out by all of it. Right. Now
1: in, in the comic book she actually has a a a bigger role, I guess, mm. um, in in terms of um, how the boys operate in the plot. She, I don't want to give it away. I don't want to spoil the comic book while we're spoiling the series, <laughs> because right. it, it, uh, honestly, the comic is well worth tracking down and reading. Mm. Um, it, it's it's fa- it's a fantastic series. But I'm a big fan of of NSO. Mm-hmm. You know, take what I say with a grain of salt, but it, it's fantastic. And I it her story arc is kind of a you know a minor reveal mm-hmm. during the course of the book, so I don't want to say too much. Right,
0: right. And so Butcher with Captive Translucent in tow uh begins putting the band back together, so to speak. Um grabs the arms dealer and mercenary known as Frenchie, who, you know, probably is really the heart of their team. He's French. (laughs) He's French. He loves hard. He fights hard. And, you know, he doesn't really take much shit off of anybody. So, you know, Frenchie is kind of like a a, a, an interesting character and we see him develop a lot over the course of, of the show. Um Little Huey. One thing I have to say is that he falls in line as Butcher's kind of protege, and and gets to this point where he's like Arthur denting his way through to the <laughs> fact. That's <Arthur>. uh, <laughs> way bigger. To this point of uh, where he like can instantly shift gears. He thinks very well on his feet. He does.
1: He, um he's a lot more I guess they have to move it along. He's a lot a lot more dithering in the comics mm-hmm. than than in the show. And in the show, you know and, and I, I get I get it and it's it's believable because you know he, he went through a huge tragic loss just like Butcher mm-hmm. and he is you know being Mentored slash gaslighted By Butcher So it, it is It makes sense that he would right. um, Fall in pretty quickly Right
0: Well and he falls in but he also You know is They Butcher I don't know why I guess Butcher is um, a very good judge of uh, Capability if not character And constantly throughout the series it's only eight episodes so they it moves pretty quick but he seems to be constantly throwing huey into these situations by himself like he was trained by the cia but it's like i don't have time to train you so uh go in there and plant a bug go in there and uh you know get us eyes inside this lady's apartment you know get blackmail the the big christian superhero yeah, well
1: well the thing about Huey though is also he, he's tech savvy. They they established that right. like, pretty early on that he's pretty tech savvy. But um also he is kind of like uh um, mini butcher. <laughs> you know, there, there's well, I mean there's there's parallels between their yeah. origin stories, you yeah. know, Huey. tragedy as a result of of interaction with superheroes. Right. I think the the big difference is that Butcher never gave a toss about superheroes. Right. Uh, Maybe he was too old or Mm. or whatever. Huey was a fanboy. Right. Huey was all in. And I think because he was a fan, he felt more betrayed.
0: Right. When he started kind of, when he saw the truth of the situation.
1: Right, because it it, it,
0: it you know, it, it's
1: well, it's almost like someone who really likes superhero comics watching this show <laughs> might get a little offended <laughs> because of its complete
0: uh, cynical take on superheroes. Yeah. But uh you know, you talk about we talk about this a lot and when we discuss Batman And how, you know, there's so many mirrors. And you have kind of Homelander and Butcher are mirrors of each other. And you also have Huey and Butcher are mirrors of each other. And just like Mother's Milk and Frenchie are kind of mirrors of each other as well. So so it's like every... It's a a house of mirrors. Everybody is reflecting something off of everybody else. Which is a, a really interesting way of creating a dynamic... In your storytelling, because you have these characters who are all very similar, even uh, even Starlight and Huey, uh, you know, are are reflections of each other because they're both the naive ones, the both the that the actually new,
1: believed it, right? They're the new guys,
0: right? So, so yeah, everybody is functioning as kind of a reflection of everybody else, and even amongst the team, uh, you know. Queen Maeve and Homelander are kind of reflections of each other, to to an extent, and you you have this like swirling dynamic. And then left out in left field uh, is is of course you know the constant digs on Aquaman. That is the deep. (laughs) (laughs) The constant digs, (laughs) (laughs) and you know the deep has a very important catalyzing role to play in the story. It's not the the best use of that kind of character. Um but then after that particular moment the character is played for laughs because he is thought of by the corporation, he's thought of by the rest of the seven, is just a total fucking shitbag loser.
1: Uh, well, he is a shitbag loser. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, and and it, I guess he brings in money. Yeah.
0: And he's good for marketing. He's good for
1: marketing. But because of just the way this whole structure is set up, um, once his popularity starts to wane. Um, he gets tossed out pretty quickly.
0: Oh yeah! In fact, they um, once once it all comes out with uh, what he 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 sexually assaults Starlight in like the first episode, and eventually this comes to light. Uh, Starlight has her her big moment in the spotlight where she gives a speech, how she's despite, questioning everything.
1: Despite Vault's best efforts
0: to to cover all this, right, up. right. She she discovers she has a mind of her own, and she wants to you know express that, and she you know, she feels she she's empowered, and then depowered, and then empowered again, right over the course of the of the series. And once boy, once she has her moment where she's starting to reclaim her own power, and her own agency within, you know, the confines of the society. Uh, Voight turns around and says, "You know what, Deep? You are doing a public apology, and then we're shifting you off to fucking Sandusky, Ohio." Yes. <laughs> well,
1: and maybe it's because this—the the release of this—and the came came out right at the the same time as the Me Too movement was was uh Gating in full swing. In, yeah that um, but when when Starlight um, came out and, and said that she was sexually assaulted, um, there was a huge uptick in her popularity mm-hmm. And as she did things that were um, quote unquote feminist like beating up a bunch of rapists uh, like that she wasn't assigned to do right uh, she what was more and more popular, right? Uh, and and that's all that Vault cares about. They don't care that she was sexually assaulted. They right. care about how that affects the their image, and who's making money, right? Because of it, and and you know, the Deep is a shit bag. But the only reason the only reason he went to Sandusky was because his popularity was waning. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Starlight's popularity was going up, so they're like, okay, we have to punish the deep. Not because it's the right thing to do, it's because our, the way our numbers and demographic focus groups are responding to this.
1: Exactly. The, the, this show is just... It's cynical. Like, yeah. through and through. They, they, they take an opportunity um, to show... How far the deep has fallen, and he gets, you know, his just desserts, I guess. Right. As he he um, is sexually assaulted himself.
0: Right, and he you also, you know, the writers though, and the way he's filmed, he they want you to laugh at him. They they do humiliate this character uh, over and over again throughout the the series. You know, his he tries to rescue a dolphin. And gets chased by the cops. And the dolphin ends up, like, crashing through the window. And, you know...
1: And, uh, it, it, and it's heavily implied that he he uh, beats off dolphins. Right. So, I mean, they just paint this picture of, like, just a pathetic person. Mm-hmm. And then and even, even the good he does is done for pathetic reasons. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, that... You get this you get this idea that, you know, he really believes in like, you know, cleaning up the oceans and, and stuff like that, stopping pollution and stuff like that. And they're like, Yeah, let's do that. Let's corporatize the fuck out of it. You know, there's one scene where he's you know, cleaning up a beach with some other people and right, like, cut through. Yeah, cut, put the garbage put back more, on the beach. Put garbage back.
1: Right and and that's the thing is like his name is just the biggest irony in the whole series is because he's the most shallow motherfucker
0: in the series. Even though he's the deep.
1: Right yeah, he he is like there's nothing deep about him. He's completely superficial. Even his like his one great effort to do something environmentally correct is break into SeaWorld or whatever it's called and and rescue a dolphin is so ill thought out, right? <laughs> and and the only reason he does it is because the the dolphin is horny,
0: right? And the and the <laughs> and Voight does not or Vaught, does not uh, want him to do anything because it's like, look, man, we got the whole marketing campaign well, with Ocean. They're Land. your sponsor. They're yeah. your sponsor. They're your sponsor. You can't do anything about. It. But I don't want to do that. I, they treat the dolphins horribly. He's got a thing for dolphins. For sure. Yes, he does. Um, And lobsters, apparently. apparently. Yeah. (laughs) And, yeah, it leads to um, a few darkly comic moments. Well, you know, with the deep and... And it leads to him getting kind of his own just desserts. You know, things catching up with him. Uh, Meanwhile, Homelander is is steadily plugging along because he wants to uh, basically get the government to allow superheroes, superhumans, into the military.
1: Well, that actually is um, Elizabeth Shue's idea. Right. And and that's, that's because that's what the real money is, military contracts. So they basically want to have uh, superheroes as soldiers. Mm-hmm. And send them into war zones, right? But uh, it's not—it's not, its just not going to happen because the more the more financially lucrative contracts for war come from companies that would be obsolete, right?
0: If this were to happen, so Lockheed Martin, right? They—they they mentioned they name drop all the primary defense contractors right. and what they contribute.
1: So, so, it's it's not happening because you know. The, well, once again, we know how the Senate works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just saw that, right? <laughs> whoever whoever butters that bread tells you what to do, right? I mean, that's just the reality of it. I won't even call that cynical. <laughs> I mean, that that that's just reality. Yeah, that's just straight up. I and, mean, it's and, the ninth of February, twenty twenty, and last week, motherfucking Trump got acquitted because of that shit. So right,
0: right, and so also that's reality, right. And and just as well, the the way corporations and whatnot manipulate media and 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 throw their weight around, that's not really cynical either. That's kind of a point of fact of how all these companies do shit every day with far nastier stuff.
1: Yeah. Now, now, Homelander, he. He's a company man
0: Oh, through and through
1: Homelander, you know He he likes being the most famous person in the world He likes being filthy rich And he likes people doing whatever he wants them to do He also has this weird thing for Elizabeth's shoe Right Like a really weird thing That dynamic is really icky But he takes it upon himself To, uh to make this happen. And that's really the evil core of what is going on. It, it isn't that Vaught is being a shitty American multinational corporation because they are. Right. But as things stand, nothing's going to happen because who wants fucking superheroes, untrained assholes in the military. And that's what the the appropriations committee basically tells her. Mm-hmm but homelander has this big plot to uh create supervillains terrorists superpowered terrorists so you would have to have superheroes in the military mm-hmm. and 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 that's sorry for spoiling this guys
0: but Well, truthfully if you haven't seen it yet
1: it's been out for a while
0: yeah i mean it wrapped um, up before the year even ended he
1: he takes it upon himself to to create the situation and that is what caused everything else. That's the domino because uh, A Train was part of this and um, Huey's girlfriend was killed while he was, was uh transferring the drug that creates superpowered human beings. Yes. I just like spoiled the whole fucking thing. Sorry.
0: That's okay, but. because because it still comes comes out, you know, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, I can't say that uh, you know, this is the watching it for the show, this is the first time I actually went through the entire series. I had stopped on uh, episode 2 uh, because I had just gotten DC Universe and Doom Patrol had just come out.
1: <laughs> Doom Patrol's damn
0: good. Right, and I was just like obsessed with watching Doom Patrol. Um, you know, as the series progressed, it kind of changed focus. I was really kind of hoping at the beginning that it would be just, like, Butcher and crew systematically taking these guys out. Um, but then that, it started... That's kind of, kind of been done before. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. But you uh, know, then it started, like, opening up and you started seeing some of the, the, the more personal moments. Um, and... I don't know how well it worked because there there are those moments like A train's relationship with his brother and his you know his uh, Wally West thing of I got to be the fastest I got to be the fastest um got to go faster
1: a, They do a good job of humanizing um all, all of the characters the main characters um, and, and giving them, you know, realistic motivations and, and backstories and everything. Um, it doesn't necessarily uh, make you uh, care about these characters, like The Deep. Mm-hmm. And, but to a certain extent, when you look at A-Train, they treat him like um, almost like a washed-up athlete. Right. Um, you know, like, someone who, who has seen better days, and now Corks is bat. Right. He's like Sammy Sosa.
0: Right. And, you, you have that, you have, you know, Maeve just getting more and more cynical as time goes on, and, and she keeps getting kind of, like, pushed to the back, pushed to the back, as, as Homelander is, like, you know, taking on more, and more, and more, and trying, and, and being the number one superhero in the world, the star of the company, and all of this other stuff, and everybody else is just kind of in his shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody's also afraid of him. You know, because well, he, he, is he is Superman.
1: He's, yeah, but he's like, once again, we have an evil Superman. Right. But this one, this one's like, probably the scariest of all the evil supermen we've encountered recently. Right, right. This one is the scariest cuz this one's a true believer. Right. And what he believes in is
0: capital like ultra capitalism. Mhm. And indeed and and the, the thing is is that what makes him scary is that he appears to the rest of the world To be completely and totally benevolent. Yeah. And he has he is able to turn that shit on and off at the drop of a hat. And we see Mm -hmm. it a lot of times. And the guy that plays Homelander, it does a really good job of switching between the public persona personality and the real personality of Homelander. Yeah. But I also think particularly in watching the finale is that um, you know the dynamic between Homelander and Butcher is what Batman and Super versus Superman should have been
1: <laughs> I, I haven't watched Batman versus Superman I never will well that um, is a vow I've taken and um, I plan on just sticking to that
0: well you know you don't even have to see Batman versus Superman. Um, but you can you can see that in the portrayal. There is a very kind of Batman quality to Billy the Butcher, and, as well as you know, and so they have that kind of you know dynamic. And you know, it's weird how you know Homelander as a character is able to you know appreciate. He has a real, I think, genuine appreciation for for people who are driven, who are ruthless, uh, that sort of thing. Because he's just like, "Oh, you're dark. I like that. You know, it's like I appreciate having you as my nemesis." (laughs) You know, and it kind of makes you are not my nemesis, right? (laughs) And it makes Homelander that much more sick. When he sits there and he en- he's enjoying, you know, the fact that uh, people are just like that. Um, well, I
1: mean, Homelander more or less walks through life, right? I mean, he 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 doesn't have to think about anything. Uh, take the take the the airplane mm-hmm. situation, where. They go to, to do this rescue, it's like this big PR stunt. Um, to to get get um superheroes into the chain of command for the military. Right. Um, and he and Maeve go into this to this uh, hijacked airplane and they completely cock it up because they're they're incompetent and when they actually have to face a real situation, they can't do it. Right. Um so he, Homelander basically fries the the terrorists, but while he's doing that, he fries the controls of the plane. Right. So they can't land the plane. And for some reason, the physics in this world um, don't allow him to fly the plane in a la Superman. Right. Where Superman would grab the plane and magically lift it.
0: Right. Because like, why
1: not? I mean, why you're can't flying, you just hold up so the plane? We <laughs> we're in the middle of the air! There's nothing to push against.
0: Right. Why which, don't you just which, fly out and just grab it and fly? like, No, that would makes, rip the plane apart. It makes sense. Right. I, you know, <laughs> I don't know how much of that is making sense of the physics of the world or Homelander just coming up with excuses.
1: Well, I, I, I think it's, it's you know, if if you were going to fly... You would have to have something to brace yourself against,
0: <laughs> right? But but still, I th- you know it, it it comes off as not as oh that's the way the real world oh, because but, that would but, but, also but, imply he wanted to save everybody.
1: But he doesn't have to think twice about it. He's like, okay, we're done. They're all going to die. Let's bail. Mm. I mean, that that's like his conclusion. He like right. he jumps to that one. It's Maeve who's sitting there going, "Well, can't you?" Uh, fly the plane down... with
0: what? (laughs) Right. Because she is... you know, she's still conflicted. She still has that kind of ideology... deep in her heart. It's been, like, glazed over... and she's become a little jaded... but she still... you know, has... what you would consider to be... that kind of heart of a hero. That, you know, she actually wants... To save these people, like right. genuinely, and you know the whole incident with Homelander on that flight, uh, really kind of fucks her up for the rest of the series. That's yeah. that's like her turn, turning point right there, and she realizes that uh, you know she is just not the person that she once was, and she sees that person in Starlight.
1: Right, and and you know there's something to be said for. Not the motivation of uh, loathing yourself, yeah, and wa- and wanting to turn that around,
0: right, right, wanting to turn that around, but but realizing that she's trapped, she can't turn it around. Right. So she comes, she goes, you know, kind of finds a a, a bit of a bond in, uh, in Starlight. Even though Starlight is, you know, realizes that she is jaded, she is cynical, and 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 begins to question how much of the heroes that she idolized growing up and wanting to be a part of it, you know, was just a, a media manufacturing. Yeah, you know, it's kind of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington in that way.
1: Right. No, I. I and I like that they did this with these characters you don't have just paper-thin characters like oh these are these are the the quote-unquote heroes but they're all a bunch of shits right and, and you get at least with with Maeve, um and a little bit with a train you kind of get to see their humanity and some of them are able to in small ways overcome that mm. and some of them just can't like you know like a train you know or or even the deep his pathetic attempt right you know he 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 feels like he's done his time, and now that superheroes are are allowed to join the army he's like when where do i when do I ship out right and they're like you nobody not, wants buddy. you nobody wants you, literally you suck
0: and he even had <laughs> a plan you know that uh, he could lead a team of dolphins to finding yes, underwater mines dolphins. and shit. Yeah, and they're like, no. They're like, no, we don't want you. No. So he shaves his entire body.
1: Yes, he pulls up Pink Floyd. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Next season, he's going to be a a fascist dictator.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He might be. His costume is very reminiscent of some of the alternate Namor costumes.
1: So, now, speaking of next season <laughs> Right What do you think of the ending? Uh, yesterday you had mentioned that um, Or no, it was this morning It was this morning
0: <laughs> after I saw the ending
1: You had mentioned um, some Something about the ending
0: Yeah, it was like a, a what the fuck Revelation kind of cliffhanger thing And it's like That's where they're going to leave us? That's where well, they decided To leave us?
1: Well, do you want to watch the premiere of the second season now? Because uh, it was a pretty significant cliffhanger, and uh, if you've I probably invested will. the eight hours yeah. into watching it, you want that question answered. And I'm not going to spoil that part. Right. I will say it's a fucking jaw-dropping cliffhanger.
0: Right. Which, uh, and it turns and
1: everything it, you assumed about the show and everything they led you to believe mm-hmm. um, on, on
0: its... ...on its head. And it also... While, ...toys while with that... down...
1: ...on the complete cynicism... ...of the tone of the show. Right.
0: But it also is... ...is part and parcel... ...of that reflection... ...of... ...of Butcher... ...and Homelander... ...in that... Uh, ...you know... ...they are both looking... ...for the truth... ...of a particular situation... Mm-hmm. ...and... ...they discover it... ...and Homelander brings... ...Butcher along... ...for the ride... <laughs> Yeah, which is kind of really fucked up, and and you as the audience have the same look on your face as Butcher does when he wakes up. Yeah, because he is knocked unconscious. Right? It's
1: super cynical.
0: Yeah. Um, and I,
1: I mean, I'm sure they'll they'll figure out a way to to write it so it doesn't seem as bad as what my assumptions are, but my assumptions are pretty fucking damning. <laughs> Right, to be perfectly right. honest with you.
0: Now, I did like the little uh the the Christmas party thing where where Butcher meets Homelander for the first time in his old right. life and it's almost like they get along. <laughs> you know, and and who knows, 8 years ago Homelander may not have been as cynical and outright sociopathic. And they have a friendly exchange. <laughs> And the worst that uh, Butcher can say is, how can he wear that costume around all the time with his balls all smashed up against his leg?
1: Yes, sir. Yeah, so overall, what would you think of the series? Um,
0: I liked it. It's, it was hard, It's hard for me to consider it like appointment viewing. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's entertaining, um, and, yeah, I do find myself curious as to how all of this is going to shake out, um, and kind of, kind of wish there was a few more episodes in the season rather than eight, you know, just to, just to get a little bit more of the dynamics between everybody. Eight Um, is definitely a weird number. Yeah,
1: but. but hear me out on this. I think it's a good number for this series because you go 10 like you did with the, uh, with the Marvel series, the yeah. Netflix Marvel series, is, and they lagged, all of them, even the really, really good ones lagged in the mm. middle. There were like episodes that were just like there because they had to make 10 of them. Right. And at no point did I feel that this lag it was tight
0: right that final episode did seem like it packed a lot into that hour yeah a lot of things happened in that hour and you know mia and i were watching it together and she was like is how is this episode actually longer than the rest and i was like no they're just pacing it fast and they're cramming a lot into this episode
1: yeah and and also the the episode before was a little bit more um ex- exploratory. Yeah. So I mean you just it, it seemed like the the other one was a little bit um not as much happened but you found out a lot of shit. And right. this one was more, you know, just action.
0: Right. Not not action as you would think of in in not one big other... fight scene,
1: right? But like conflict. There's in the, the whole. It was just conflict, right? After conflict and resolution, and the more conflict, and...
0: and and I see where you're coming from in the in the lengths of the series because yeah, you know you get paid for like 10-13 episodes. You have to produce ten to thirteen episodes, even if you could have told the complete story in eight. Right. You know, The Mandalorian did it too. There were a couple of episodes that were just nothing but filler a couple, uh, three.
1: Th- there were like maybe four episodes of actual story right
0: out of was... out of 10. You know, it's like so three were definitely filler.
1: No, no, I meant there are actually there was a story arc that was the first three episodes and the last episode and everything else was filler.
0: Nah, I think it's the first three and the last two, so five total. So half, fully, fully half the series almost, but even then, you know, you could have told that story in in eight episodes and done it a lot tighter. And, and the boys didn't with, have like
1: mincy growly uh, villains.
0: No, but it did have it did also have Giancarlo Esposito, uh, who proved that he should play a live action Lex Luthor. <laughs> as he is also the voice of Luthor on the Harley Quinn animated series but him just showing up there as like the head of Vought and just the way he carries himself he is fucking Lex Luthor oh you don't enjoy John Cryer I enjoy John Cryer but I think Giancarlo Esp- Esposito should be should get a crack at it as well you know in a live action So, you know, maybe the battle of two Luthor's, but, you know, he's more, uh, he's becoming more of a higher stature actor, so we'll probably get him in some movie. How come he gets to be Luthor? We only need one Luthor. You are correct. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So, that about does it for the boys. Uh, It's on Amazon Prime. If you have Prime, you can check it out. Uh, yeah. Definitely, I would say worth the watch. And you should. Yeah, you definitely
1: should. It's it's great. Don't unless your kids are, um,
0: I would say, uh,
1: healthily into the double digits.
0: Right. It is definitely uh, hyper violent or ultra violent, and
1: yes, and there's and the, some sexy, sexy fun
0: time. There's some sexy, sexy fun time, but you know, what's the bigger threat, really? No, I mean it's like super violent. Right. Absolutely. And and there are you know, it is it is worthy of a trigger warning as well for graphic violence, for uh sexual assault. Yes. Um gill violation. Yeah. That was probably that, that was probably the more graphic of the of the two or three that's in this Series, which is a which is an interesting uh, turn of events, as yeah. it's usually the other way around.
1: Yes. Yep. So uh, check it out; it's well worth it. Um, if you get the chance, read the comic because the comic is um, a masterpiece of over-the-top violence and 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 cynicism, and uh, just keep thirty luck points.
0: That's right.